Brett Snyder, how are you doing? It's Monday night, and uh, we just split a beer, and uh, you had yours in the Mickey Cup, so I'm doing all right. We're doing good. Also, for those who don't know, which you probably don't, Breck and I are wearing the exact same pants today. We bought them on the exact same day. Yep. We're brothers. Blood brothers. (laughs) (laughs) Peter Meech here, Breck Snyder to my left. Welcome to the Sports Project. We want to start this conversation off by talking about some Tiger Woods. Now, I'm going to set the record straight. I'm not much of a golf person. I don't really watch golf. Um, I do watch it in scenarios of when Tiger is competing and when Tiger is in contention for winning. Um, But I do want to talk about this topic not only because of Tiger's first win in five years since 2013, but I also want to talk about the impact Tiger has had not just on golf but on sports in general. Because to me, that is more fascinating than anything else. Why this guy is still so freaking popular is beyond me. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing or a good thing. I just find it so fascinating to see how popular this guy is. And this is his first win in five years. He's been very mediocre for so long. And some of the statistics that I'm reading as I'm searching this, to me, are just like mind-blowing. Now, if you take a look at NBC's coverage ratings from last year to this year, this year it's gone up uh, 206% from last year's ratings. That is, And that's based off the tour championships. Yeah, that's based off of the tour championships of NBC's coverage. And that is just incredible. You know, some of the stuff that I read is just like, is Tiger Woods good for the game of golf? Yes or no? And for me, the answer that I always come back to is, hell yeah, he is great for the sport of golf. When you see not just numbers like that, but it's also, I think, I think the fascination with Tiger that everyone really has is the comeback story. I think people are fascinated with this guy making a comeback because we all know sports can be cruel. We all know that a lot of people turned on Kobe Bryant when his whole scandal went through. And then here you have Tiger Woods, who went through similar, if not worse, scandals in 2003 with the whole Escalade thing and all that. I think we all know that by now. But he goes through something like that and is still loved by everyone. It is very hard to walk inside of a circle where people are very well educated in golf and to come to the conclusion that these people hate Tiger. Tiger is very loved and is very admired. And I think what, I honestly think what it is for me, the more that I look into it, it's just, it's not necessarily the potential because he reached that potential. It is that that this guy is in contention of being one of the greatest athletes of all time, not just the greatest golfer of all time. And he was fully on track of doing that. If you look at like the numbers, of majors he is four behind uh uh, jack mickelson jack nicholas nicholson yeah uh he's four behind him he's got a total of 18 tigers got 14 and that's a span of 97 to 2008 so within 2008 to now he hasn't done a whole lot and that's crazy to think that this guy has been playing golf at that such a high level. He was on track to blow away that record and to blow away that number easily. 
And to most people, even even with him being four behind, he's still considered the greatest of all time. Because when he was at his high, highest, there was no one that touched him. He had that sense of, I remember watching him back in the day, even though I'm not an avid golf individual, I'd still watch it from time to time. I watched the Masters quite a bit. But when you saw Tiger back in the day, you know, 2008 Tiger or whatever, when you see that Tiger, it's like he knew he was going to win and everyone else knew he was going to win. Yeah, and I think it's a, it's, it's a good thing, right? It makes, it makes golf more exciting. Um, again, like you said, you're not like an avid golf watcher, but it keeps you engaged because you're excited to see him. And I think he made a lot of headway for golfers that are out there today with like uh, Rory McIlroy and uh, Jordan Spieth, those types of players. I mean, these are guys that kind of took Tiger's approach. Um, I mean, a lot of guys will probably get super pissed on this, but his approach of just being like very athletic and very in shape because like a golfer body was not something that people really thought very highly mm-hmm. of, right? It was just like some normal guy. And then Tiger starts lifting weights and – you know, it becomes like this very athletic person winning all these tournaments and showing that you can actually do something like that. And now these guys are some of the, you know, best dudes that are in shape. And then you have people like uh, John Daly, who's just out there fucking chugging vodka and has like this beer gut. You know, it just says something a little bit different because he, he is so athletic and he has been able to win so many times. And it just shows how serious he takes the sport. And for me, I think golf is one of those sports that takes care of you and lets you know when you're down. And I think that's exactly what happened in 2008 was, you know, that you, you can't just show up and play. Yeah. Right. Like your mind needs to be there. Your athleticism needs to be there. You need to be there 100 percent. And then you go through droughts like he just did. Well, I mean, you can. it's also fascinating to think that here's this individual who is borderline psychotic of how how much attention to detail he puts into the game of golf, right? I mean, like I said, everyone knew he was going to win, and he knew he was going to win. Oh, yeah. Like, it wasn't even a competition. That's how dominant this guy was in golf. And then you go through that span of... 2013 to now, you know, almost a, almost 10 years of this whole drought that he's going through. What like what made him lose that mental edge that he had over everyone else? You know, I and I know the clear answer is it's the whole thing that went down with his wife and the whole scandal and the whole Escalade deal and all that. I think that's a simple answer. And I think that's like the scapegoat go answer as well. But I know that I feel like there's something else within there. That made this guy, because like I'm, for, for those who don't know, I'm a designer and I'm very passionate at my craft. And there's a lot of attention to detail that is put into my craft, you know. And I'm trying to imagine myself losing that edge, which is what I feel like Tiger did. He lost that edge and then maybe he just lost the passion for it and has now finally re- regained it. And if we ever see Tiger back to who he was, I personally think it's it's good for not just golf it's good for sports in general because the amount of coverage that he brings and then all on top of that just like everyone loves like that comeback story and what better comeback to this guy that had it all who was better than everyone else who even at that point was considered the goat and one of the greatest of all time and he was even considered the greatest athlete of all time at that point for him to potentially get back to that to that height 
I think that excites people. Well, and mean, I think that's why Tiger is still like, whenever you watch like the Masters coverage or anything like that, like Tiger might not even be in the contention. He might be at the very bottom. Dude, but all the commercials, the coverage. but all the commercials and all the advertisements, who's it about? Tiger, Tiger. Woods. Tiger Woods. Yeah, and it's funny because he loses like his endorsement from Nike, you know, one of the largest brands in the world when everything happened. But now, I mean, God, I mean, he's uh, 43 years old now and he's really, I don't know, like you said, it seems like he's got that edge back, mm-hmm. uh, which is exciting. Um, I'm, I'm super pumped about it, but again, you know, people... It's funny though, right? Because my dad, for example, actually cannot stand Tiger Woods. Really, he cannot. Act, he can't stand him at all. He's like, even when he's fucking losing, Tiger's always getting the publicity. But it's, it's I can see that it's what people yeah. want. You know what I mean? And um, whether he was doing good or not, you know, people were always tuning in every week to find out. Oh, how did Tiger do? You know, and it never played well. And you know, I guess he had what that that streak of five years that he didn't have a win, and he hasn't won a major since. 2008 i believe so it's well it's just it's for me i'm always rooting for tiger like mm -hmm. why the hell not i mean i grew up watching this guy for me like it's super fascinating because i catch myself doing this all the time especially with tiger i am not a golf person i'm not a not an avid golf watcher i don't plan to tell you guys that i know anything about golf but whenever i hear through espn or other sources of media that Oh, Tiger Woods is back. His shoulder is healthy. Like he's watch, watch for him to make a big push. I'm on my phone or on my TV watching Tiger. So he transcend, like in my opinion, he is one of those athletes. He's kind of like a LeBron James. And I think he could, he's potentially higher up in that chain than LeBron James and even Michael Jordan, where he transcends like different genres of sport. You don't have to like golf to admire what Tiger's doing or to understand how special Tiger is. Same as same as basketball. You don't have to understand basketball to see how valuable and important LeBron James is. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, the ratings say it all. That is a clear-cut understanding of why golf is better with Tiger is because he brings in people that are not golf fans to the world of golf. You, you hear it all the time, golf is quote unquote struggling without Tiger. And just hearing this stat, NBC's coverage of the, of the tour championship, ratings spiked 206%. That is, that is a huge number. For it to spike like that, that's incredible. And that just shows you that this guy, this guy, how special he is. And that everyone, whether you're a golf fan or not, understands that concept and understands how special he is. And it makes us want to watch that person, me included, as I'm looking through stats, as I'm looking to see where he is within that leaderboard to see if he's going to make that jump or not. So what do you think is the next step for Tiger Woods? I mean, essentially, he's, he's got the comeback story now. How does he keep the success going? Like, see, that's interesting. Like, I'm curious to see what happens. Like, what's the next tournament? Is it a major? I believe that they're... I, I think the Tour Championship is the last tournament of the year. And then they have the Ryder Cup, which is... Which is the team. The yeah, U.S. US versus, versus the Europe. Yep. So, 
I, I believe they have that coming up, which is something that you know a lot of golfers strive to play in. So we'll we'll see what he ends up doing there. And that's um, I believe match play. Mm-hmm. So it's one guy from each team facing the other. Another guy, yeah. Mm-hmm. So again, maybe so we should watch a little bit more golf so yeah. we can we can better understand so basic, it. So basically, we're looking forward to next year. We're predicting yeah. next. Yeah, year. for him to. I mean, but the U.S. beating, uh, I believe it's just Britain. I don't know. I'll have to double check. But you know, I, I think, think it's Europe. Is it? Yeah. Either way, I mean, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what his his role is in this and if he's going to make a huge impact or is he going to be coming off the high and you know can't can't keep up i don't know it'll be interesting to see i think the next step i think next year when you see tiger coming back on the first major championship last or next year is the masters masters just when you see him come out of there i think golf is going to be at an all-time high I think you're going to have everyone and their mom watching Tiger and watching the sport. Especially after this win, everyone is going to expect Tiger Tiger to win. Even if he's favorite or not to win, which I think at this rate, I can't imagine him not being the favorite. Golf is going to be at an all-time high. I would, I would be shocked if ratings didn't go record-breaking for the sport of golf and you can like it it interests me to hear people's argument about and it's very few people to hear people's arguments on why tiger's bad for the sport and i get the argument but to me it just sounds so foolish like this guy is bringing so much coverage to the world of golf that it didn't have with without him even when he was going through that slump and even before him like he has changed the he has changed like the genre of golf, in my opinion. He has literally made like brought in so much to the sport of golf that like no one else can really say that he that they did that. Yeah, it's like it's the only one that you can relate it to is Michael Jordan. But yet, my, like basketball still had that fan base. Yeah, that are still attracted to Michael Jordan and his play. Yeah, I mean, Tiger takes it a step further and he expands on that fan base. And I think that's what people are so fascinated with. And, and that's why they're so fascinated with this guy potentially making a comeback is because they love that story. They want that comeback story. We all want it. I want it. You want it. Your dad probably doesn't want it, but <laughs> everyone else wants it. Yep. Totally agree. All right. So next we're going to be moving on to uh, Major League Baseball. So. I know this is a topic that you have a lot of questions on, mm-hmm. whereas you're not necessarily um, a baseball fan or have followed it very closely. Um, again, you wanted to make this more of uh, you interviewing me. Um, yeah. So for context, I've actually played baseball pretty much my whole entire life, played in college, uh, still watched baseball very very much so today mm-hmm. uh, and follow it very close. So I guess what what types of questions do you have? So you've been following this entire season start to finish basically, right? Yeah, yeah. this season I have, which is nice because um, if you're a baseball fan, I mean, typically how it works is, I mean, maybe there's like a, a Monday night game, a Wednesday night game, and then like a Sunday night game on ESPN. Other than that, you have to find like regional coverage on like Fox Sports, um, God, maybe that's about it. And then it transitions over into 
playoffs, and then all of a sudden the games are readily available. They're on TBS and mm-hmm. they're on Fox. Uh, a little bit easier to see, but now what you have is uh, MLB at bat. And what's great about this is it's it's what's, essentially what's it, what is that? It's essentially the Sunday ticket for baseball, mm-hmm. NFL Sunday ticket for baseball. So now I can come home and I can watch every single New York Yankees game that I want every single day. And you're a Yankees fan. Yeah, huge Yankees fan. And now I literally get to follow the team rather than just like know that that's my team and then cheer for them when it comes time for the playoffs. Like and checking ESPN every now and then, like. I'm literally like invested in this season and I've seen like the highs, the lows and like there was even a point in time where the Yankees won like 18 games in a row this season, which is incredible. Um, so yeah, I mean baseball is it, it's super exciting. I know a lot I understand why people don't necessarily like it, but they think it's boring. Uh, there's actually a lot that's going on there, but I, I mean again, I understand why people don't see that. Mm-hmm. So like Brett said, What's going to make this topic interesting and we want to carry this throughout because I want to like use this segment and this talking point to really learn baseball and to really grasp and understanding because right now I'm at zero percent. I literally know nothing. Same as golf. I literally know nothing about golf. I think I know a little bit more about golf than I do baseball. So this is going to be interesting to have a conversation with someone that knows so much about uh, baseball and someone that knows nothing about baseball and just to create that dialogue and then throughout these episodes to see that sense of growth that I have um, and within within baseball. So they call it the hunt for October, which is the World Series, the hunt for the World Series, basically. And for most of you, you guys are going to be like, well, no shit, dumbass. So for that, keep in mind that I know literally nothing about this sport. So I've always been fascinated with it. I've not, I'm not the type of person that thinks it's boring. Um, I do sometimes, I think it's more of a, I just don't understand this sport well enough. But I want to take this time to kind of ask you some questions so I can start building that understanding of baseball. Yeah. So how does the, the, the playoff structure work? for uh the mlb because i know you have two sides right you almost like like yeah the american league and the national league yeah okay so So, what's the american league is so the american league essentially all the teams are split up into two and the american league um essentially what they have is what they call the designated hitter so uh you can just essentially have another hitter in the lineup Mm -hmm. whereas in the national league the pitcher hits for himself so there's a lot of the pitcher has to hit Hit for himself in the National League, where that doesn't happen. So it could just be another one of your best hitters in the American League is the DH, designated hitter. Um, And then from there, in the National League, you know, you end up working your way to the World Series. And what's great about the World Series is someone from the American League, when they go play at a National League field, they have to use their pitcher as the hitter. So they have to abide by their rules right. on their home, home fields. Oh, mm-hmm. that's I didn't even know that. Yeah. So that's you know, that makes it really fun. And then really how that breaks down is you have your different divisions. So um, three divisions and then there's a wild card. So uh, essentially top teams from each division will get into the playoffs. No matter then, what. No matter what. And then what happens from there is you have your wild card game. So we'll break it down by American League. If we look at it this year so far, this is if the season ended today. 
basically, first round of the American League Division Series would be the Cleveland Indians and the Houston Astros. And then the Red Sox are awaiting the wild card game. So the wild card is based off of the two teams that have the next highest winning. Um, so those are the two, two teams that didn't win their division. Right. Um, they didn't win their division, but they're also high enough to be inside of the wild card. Exactly. So like the, the Red Sox, for example, they won 106 games so far this season. The Yankees have won 96. So the Yankees are actually having like a pretty good season. If they were in any other division, they would have won it. Mm-hmm. Right now they're the wild card. How it's working out right now between the Yankees and the A's is both of them actually have clinched their wild card spot, but we don't know who's going to be home team yet. We have to finish out the season because... How many more games is left? uh, Sunday night is the last game. Sunday night's the last game, very last game? Of the regular season. So whoever... So do both the A's and the Yeah, so they, they, they play until then, right? So the Yankees have a two game lead. In the wild card right now. So right now the Yankees are on track to be home team for the exactly, wild card. Exactly. Yeah. So they're on track to do that, and then in the National League, uh, looking at it, Milwaukee they have a two game lead up on St. Louis, so it's a very similar situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the the Brewers, you know, they were kind of like the Yankees. They started off really hot this year. They, you know, looked like the best team in baseball for a long, long time, and then. The season, you know, kept going, and, you know, it's a long season. There's 162 games, and they play all of them, so uh, even if they have to do double headers in a day. So, um, you know, it, it wears on you, and it's funny because going back to the Yankees, they're having they're not having, like, a shitty season by any means with 96 wins, uh, but that tells you how good the Red Sox are with their 106 wins. So Red Sox actually clinched the division – uh, Sunday, I believe, against the Yankees. Um, and now the Red Sox have something they're also playing for at the end of the week. So the Yankees are going back to Boston, and the Red Sox can make it so the Yankees don't get home field advantage. Mm. So there, there's always something to play for. And then essentially you have your division series. So we have our ALDS, NLDS. That will go to the American League Championship Series and the National League Championship Series. And the winner of those two meet in the World Series. Okay. So how does the how does the playoff structure work? Is it like kind of like the NBA where it's so the wild card game is literally only one game. So one game. One game. So there's no like back and forth. Yeah. So there's already right from the beginning just for the wild card game. There's a lot of intensity and a lot of hype. Whoever wins wins. Yep. And then going on to the next. Uh, next round, which is the division series. So then the first round of the division series is a five. Five-game uh, series. Now, the Red Sox will have home home field advantage. So, so have, do they play like two home, two away? So they mix it up uh, every once in a while. I can't remember specifically how they do it, but I believe it goes uh, like Red Sox will be home, Yankees, Red Sox, Red Sox, Yankees maybe. Okay. Uh, so we'll, we'll have to watch it to be sure, but essentially Red Sox will get three games at home versus you know Yankees or A's. Two. At yeah. two. Yep. Um, so yeah, so it's best of five, best of five. And then after that, the American league championship series and national league championship series, they are seven game series. And then the world series is a seven game series as well. So world. So next round is seven game series. Yep. So best of seven. Yep. So 
So you got to So four. it's very similar to the NBA, best of seven. Yeah, yeah, very um, similar. And then you have the championship, which is best of seven as well. Yep. Yeah, so that's where it starts to get very similar, like the NBA, like you said. But the thing about the NBA is you can you can pick out who's going to win. Like, we all knew that the Cavs and, and Warriors were going to be in the uh, the championship playing against each other. And obviously, after watching it more closely this year, the Warriors were the clear favorites. The great thing about baseball is it's all about getting hot. At and, the right time. And literally, this could be the time for any of them. You know, the... The Astros from a few years ago, or I believe it was the Royals, actually. The Royals came in as a wild card and ended up winning the whole damn thing. Um, and I believe that was in 2015. So it's it, it's really exciting. There's a lot of drama, um, so much going on. And, you know, that's it's actually really fun because people are engaged during the MLB playoffs. And uh, more people, more times than not, are watching Major League Baseball playoffs, but any other time throughout the year, you wouldn't catch them dead watching a baseball game. So who do you think that, that brings an interesting question, who do you think this year could be that team that you think is caught fire at the right time that could potentially win it all? Yeah, so this year, I mean, it sucks to say, but I think I think the A's, they're playing really good baseball. Um, and I don't, have you ever seen Moneyball? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a very true story. Like, if you look at the A's and the Yankees, the A's do not have the type of salary that, that, they, the, that the Yankees do. Um, the Yankees don't have the highest. The Red Sox actually do. But so baseball – sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. You're good. Baseball doesn't have a no, salary cap. There's no salary cap. So what you they can pay, pay for whatever you want. But they do pay a luxury tax if they go over a certain amount. So if you want to have a stacked team and you're going to pay for it, you're going to have a luxury tax that you have okay. to pay at the end of the year. Um, so yeah, essentially, uh, that's why I always tell people, you know, if you want to go pro, you got to go pro in baseball because there's no there's no cap on what you can make. Yeah. So um, I think it's the A's again. It's it's more interesting of a of a story, right, to hear of a team that's mm-hmm. putting all the pieces together and, and making things happen and, and winning ball games rather than, I know the Yankees have the stigma of, hey, we're going to buy our wins, we're going to have all these yeah. players. Um, and I think the Dodgers... Blue-collar versus white-collar approach. Yeah, yeah, and I think the Dodgers are a good example of that, too. They've gone out and they've made some really big trades, picking up Manny Machado uh, from the Baltimore Orioles, and really they got him at the trade deadline and just trying to finish out his contract. And truth be told, he might actually end up being a Yankee next year. Um, yeah, but it's it's exciting. If anything, like maybe on the, the National League side, probably the Braves. Uh, Braves have been playing good baseball all year round, and I don't feel like they've mm-hmm. made a whole lot of noise. So the Atlanta Braves are someone that I would also pick. Atlanta Braves, nice. nice. That would be cool to see an A's, A's and Braves Why World that? Series. You just don't expect that, mm-hmm. right? You know, last year would have been really exciting if it could have been Yankees, Dodgers. Who who won it last year? The Astros. Astros. Astros beat the Dodgers in seven games, and it was. But the Astros also came out of nowhere, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, but I mean, they were they were good. I mean, in the first round, they beat the the Red Sox. I believe it was the Red Sox. They played first round, and they smashed them. It was crazy, um, and then ended up meeting the Yankees in the American League Championship Series. So. See, and then this year, so that kind of comes to your point, like even this year, are the Astros in it? Yeah, Astros are going to be playing the Cleveland Indians. Okay. 
Yeah, I'm curious to see because that's the one thing that I always find fascinating about baseball. Like, I think you hit it spot on. With basketball, you can kind of tell who's going to win, right? Seven-game series, you know who's going to outlast who. You you might get a team like Utah Jazz that's going to win that first game, but they're going to get smoked the rest of the way through, right? One of the things that I do appreciate about, especially the playoffs within baseball, I do watch it a little bit, even though I'm not, I don't really understand what's going on. I do find it interesting to see a team like the Royals mm-hmm. a few years back ending up winning the entire thing, right? And just catching fire at the right place at the right time, even though they're going against a team that's been consistent and has been on fire throughout the entire series, throughout the entire uh, season. So for me, that's the one thing that draws me into baseball is just the 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 concept of anything can happen type of a scenario literally anything so and and there's so many like as someone that doesn't really watch baseball the one thing that i do notice is that there's so many little things going on in each and every single play that can dictate how one thing turns out over another Mm -hmm. i mean the, the best way to explain it is it really is a game of chess and you have to know your move before the ball is hit to you. Mm-hmm. Um, every scenario, you know, am I backing someone up? Am I, you know, where am I going to be throwing it to? Do I need to hit my cutoff guy? Things like that. Because th- those little things make a difference. And that could be a one-run difference that costs you the game. Yeah. As we go on with these MLB talks and future episodes, we're looking forward to breaking down each playoff game um, and also each series. Because both Breck and I are going to watch those closely. So you'll get an interesting perspective from someone that's watching this closely for the first time versus someone that's been watching it his whole life, basically, and has been playing baseball his whole life. So it's going to be interesting to see both those perspectives, uh, hearing a perspective from, from a newbie versus someone that's been around it for a while. So that's... I think I'm pretty pumped for that to see where that kind of carries. Yeah, us and, and I'm telling you, it'll start with the with the wild card games, mm-hmm. especially the when Yankees. is that? Uh, let's look it up real quick. Season ends on Sunday, so I believe that it starts October third. Yeah. Yep. So, as of right now, it's going to be at Yankee Stadium. Um, Yankees still need to clinch change. that. Yep, so we'll we'll see. Unfortunately, we won't be able to watch that together. I will be traveling, but we can we can FaceTime or do whatever. We yeah, we'll at least both watch it. So. Yep. All right, let's change courses to I know you really don't want to talk about this, bro, but um let's talk Oregon. The Ducks. They blew it, man. Oregon lost to Number 19, Oregon, lost to number 7, Stanford. Now now they're 19. Yeah, now. They, they went up. And yeah, they went up after that loss. And I actually have a hot take on that. So they lost 38-31 to 31 to Stanford. Yeah. What do you think, dude? The, um, uniform, the uniforms look fire. Uniforms look good. It, I mean, they always look good. But it, <laughs> it was – Oregon controlled most of the game. Um. You know, they were starting to pull away from Stanford and then, you know, slowly but surely little mental mistakes, you know, like the fumbled snap uh, from Justin Herbert and taking it back. Uh, Stanford took it back for a touchdown. That wasn't the first time that happened and it finally bit them in the ass. Um, You know, 
good run game from Oregon, good pass game from Stanford, and they're huge tight ends. Like literally, we saw guys like tipping it to themselves because yeah. they're just Ten leaps, leaps and bounds, just bigger above the Oregon uh, secondary. So, you know, kind of sucks. Uh, like I said, like I was pretty, I was pretty pissed, uh, mainly because that shouldn't have happened. So, really, what led to this win, at least for Stanford, was you know Oregon's down in you know thirty forty yard line of Stanford and they end up fumbling the ball. C.J. Verdell fumbles the ball and gives it back to Stanford with time and. I just I just know the program too well. As soon as that happened, I knew that Stanford was at least going to get in field goal range to tie it up, and that's exactly what they did. Well, before he fumbled it, they had a 99% chance of winning the game. Yeah. Before he fumbled it in the fourth quarter. Yep. And to be honest, both teams actually played. I think Oregon played better from what we saw, both on and it's kind of surprisingly both on the defense and offense. At halftime, they were up 24-7. And when you look at statistics like Herbert, who had 26 of 33 for 346, one TD, he had that interception in the in, and that was in overtime. The very end, yeah. In overtime, so I'm not going to really count that on him. And then you take a look at Stanford, 19 for 26. Costello, 19 for 26, 227. And 327. 327, three TDs. Bryce Love killed it. 19 carries, 89 yards, one TD. Uh, your boy, CJ, 20 for 115. But all of that gets shadowed for the fumble lost. And you kind of had like, even though I kind of had this weird feeling that even though even though Oregon was in full control of this game start to finish, they looked better on offense. And at times they looked better on defense. More often than not, they look better on defense. Yeah, they're than their Stanford defense, did. Their defense looked really good, which is surprising because that's not what Oregon's like typically yep. known for. Um, they were active, but they uh, Justin Herbert distributes the ball very evenly. I mean, you look at let's see, there's one, two, three, four, five, Man, six, Mitchell seven. Went off. He had seven different receivers that he hit, which is crazy. Yeah, um, and uh, I think it was last week I saw a stat that. Oregon has 12 different people that have scored touchdowns for them yep. on the offensive side that. of the ball. So, you know, like I said, I don't think that this is going to be a game that necessarily hurts them. Um, they, like I said, they went up. They were number 20 last week and actually moved up a spot to number 19. And that's against a good Stanford team. You know, I don't think that should be held against them. Uh, but now, it, again, it's college football, so now it, it's time to literally win out. And they have to plan on... Winning out, and they need Stanford to, to lose to well. lose to someone who Oregon ends up beating. So, uh, in order to make it into the Pac-12 championship, but even then, again, this goes back to my my topic of I think the Pac-12 is the most competitive conference, and unfortunately, I think they're going to beat themselves out of out of a, a playoff spot. So. The first thing that I thought of from an Oregon perspective is, yes, a loss is, is a loss. It, it sucks. It's shitty. But this is the best case scenario if you're going to lose for Oregon. Yeah, losing early to a good team. Not only that, but just the way that they lost. I think everyone that vote, voted them 19, the reason why they jumped up a spot, knew that Oregon was the better team. Oh, yeah. They knew that Oregon was unlucky. And it led to them not getting that touchdown call, and it led to them 
after that play, literally false snapping it over the QB's head and then running back all the way for for Stanford touchdown. And then on top of that, the the running back losing the ball with three minutes left, which allowed Stanford to tie it up. Yep. Um, it caught. It, it took that for Stanford to win. And at that point, you also kind of knew that, okay, well, this is Stanford's game. Like, everything in it is for them to win it. Yeah, it just um, kept going their way. But the moral of the story, the, the, the point that I wanted to bring up is this is not a bad loss to, to have. The fact that they're ranked higher now is actually a good sign because it really shows the voters really saw that, hey, this team was better. They have so much more potential. And it wasn't just like a loss of like, oh, they're not what we thought they were. Of mm-hmm. course, their defense was shitty. Of course, their offense can't carry them all the way through. No, their defense their defense played lights out. They played a hell of a match, hell of a game, and their offense did what their offense is, normal, is, is used to doing. Yep. And so the voters, I think, really saw that. And the first thing that I thought of as soon as the game was over, it's a loss, yes, but it's not a bad loss to have. And I think, I, I think time will only tell. Uh, if that point is to be true. And yeah. I think if they want to make it to the playoffs, you know, even if even if Stanford wins out and win up, win, ends up winning the Pac-12 and Oregon wins out, it's going to be hard to leave. You know, of course, Stanford is going to make it into the playoffs, but I also think it's going to be hard to leave Oregon out because they did look like the better team. Yeah. They played better than, than Stanford did. Yep. Again, that, that comes down to a selection committee at the end of the day, and we'll see what they end up making of it. But Oregon has a, another tough game coming back. Cal, Golden Bears, they're actually uh, in the top 25 this week at number 24. The Ducks are 19, like we said. So this will be an exciting game. It's on FS1, uh, 8.30 on Saturday night. So this is going to be another a good shootout, I think, and I think another good test for Oregon to see what they're all about and mm-hmm. how they bounce back from such a – Crushing defeat. Yeah, crushing defeat. Again, not a. It's not a bad loss, and I think this is like a super rare scenario where the way you lost and how you lost actually could help you at the end of the day. Yep. Even though the goal is to win, you still could have won, and the best case scenario is winning. This is still not a bad thing. Yep. For the Ducks. So, okay, man. Well, one thing before we go, um, you know, we've been talking a lot about, you know, the app that we're on, um, Anchor. It's it's a pretty cool app. You can, you know, ask questions like we talked about before. We still need to get to our uh, our subject of how would we do the college football, football playoff? How would we do it better? Um, and then, you know, another few things. We're on Google Podcasts, Spotify. We're working on iTunes right now. So a lot of good things are happening. So make sure that you subscribe, download, and do everything you need to to hear the podcast. Share it with your friends. Do whatever. Um, but, you know, we want to make sure that we want, we're want helping out people that are helping us out as well. So I want to give a little shout-out to my buddy Matt Hamilton, who has actually been a fan of the podcast, um, and I've actually been a fan of his as well. So for all you guys, go check out his podcast. It's called Force of Nature. And really, it's all just about nature and animal attacks and basically people that have died from crazy things like <laughs> this episode where 
I don't know where he found this, but some guy in like the 1700s died from a turtle being dropped on his head by like a seagull or something God, like that. Just out of the sky, out of nowhere, shell just lands what, on his head. What's the podcast called? Force of Nature. So they're on basically every platform as well. Um, go and find them. Look for them. Give them a like and subscribe. You know, whatever you got to do. It's, uh, it, it's pretty funny. The first one, I believe, is on... Uh, bear attacks like grizzly bear attacks and has some pretty crazy audio that you should go listen to so hmm. I encourage everyone to go listen to that so uh, anything else from you that's it okay alright thanks it. everyone go ducks let's go ducks let's go ducks